I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Bobby Moore and Sir Jeff Hurst The trailer broken and Billy Bones Paolo DiCaglio West Ham United More than just a Good evening, good morning, or good afternoon. This is more than just a podcast. Podcast! It's a long time since I've done My name that. is George. Uh, yeah, you can tell. It's been building up inside. Uh, my name's George. I'm with Sean. Hello, Sean. Evening, good morning, or good afternoon, George. It is season seven and episode 30 or 31. Let me just check. It- 30. It is 30 because we're not counting the bonus episode of David Gold Reloaded, are we? So it's 30. No, we're not. No. And I'm here with John. Hello, John. Hello, George. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Good. good. And I'm here with Nigel, a.k.a. Shedman. And where are you tonight, Nigel? I'm in my shed. That has to be that one, because that's the only one I've got, I think. Put the heater back on, so... uh, Good stuff. Uh, We're here to talk about West Ham. We don't actually have a lot to talk about this week. No. uh, It'll be short. Yeah, thank you. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. I'll tell you, I think it'll take you an hour to read out all the Facebook comments, to be fair. Yeah, we've had a few, haven't we? Oh, dear. We don't actually have a running order today, so do we want to start with the Burnley on the pitch antics? Why don't we start with the pre-match event? I think that's a bit more exciting. <laughs> yeah, now, no stitching me up here, all right? No, 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 I just say, uh, John, um, John, myself and Nigel and our friend David Holdsink um, and his boss... <laughs> Uh, Good evening, David, who's out from real tonight. Yeah, went to um, the East Ham Working Men's Club for our first, and probably our last, um, um, West Ham (laughs) way event. Oh, no, no, it wasn't that. It's just, just, uh, you know, um, I did enjoy it with... um, uh, I'll tell you what would be the last for you is because it was 
all drink included and you peaked too early, yeah. No, I, so I had about really... five. I had five pints and I did peak too early. Like by, by one o'clock, I'd had five pints, which was way well, too early for me. I'm not going along with probably our last at all. I thought it was good. Yeah. Thank you. They've got, do you know yeah. what they've got? They've got um, Alan Devonshire next. I know. I was there. <laughs> what did you think? What did you think of um, Dino? What what interesting things did uh, Dino share with you at the event, John? I thought he was quite interesting, informative, and quite amusing. Actually, I thought it was really good. He, um, you know, he's, he's a bit of banter, a bit of insight into players that are around at his time. Some players that were nice, some players that weren't so nice. And yeah, I thought it was very informative and very interesting. And he so called Craig Bellamy a twat. Well, that's for you to say. <laughs> we what did. did. What did you What uh, did you think, Nigel? What did you think of it? Yeah, I, I actually I did really enjoy it. I did really. I do like um, listening to the ex players talk. I, the most enlightening bit for me was what he said about England when he turned up for England training, and the Man U boys are over there, the Liverpool boys are over there, Chelsea and Arsenal, and he was like Billy No Mates on his own. But for me, yeah. the fact that he said that he spent like a week with England and there was eight players that never spoke to him out of a squad of what twenty-two, eight players never talked to him. And that, I think, it's own why England will never win anything. Until, I know his time with England's probably 10 years ago now, but until they build a club mentality of England players and get away from the cliques, I think that's, that's what, our, you know, obviously we need better coaches and probably better footballers, but it's going to... Uh, it's going to hamper us. So, yeah, it was very intelligent. You know, I was... And- and John met X. In the room, or no? Uh, no, John. John met X and made up with X, didn't you, John? <laughs> if you say so, Sean. Yeah. We well, did. You said no hard feelings, and he said no hard no, feelings no, to no, you. No making up. He, there was nothing. We hadn't fallen out, Sean. Is everything? Well, you've been trolling blood. each other, hadn't you? I don't think so. You just. I was dramatic <laughs> about everything. Everything's an issue with you. He just tries to make, anyway. Tries to make stories. Before, that's what he does. Before, yeah. all right, how, what was the car park like, Nigel? <laughs> Listen, I, I've, uh, I, I've, I did what I did, and I'm glad I've done it. And me and Dave Walker, uh, he texted me again uh, last night, and we're all good, mate. Good. You know, there's, there's enough bad blood at the moment around West Ham without, you know, I've, you know, I can be a prick at times, and I do admit that. <laughs> And, you know, perhaps when people piss me off, I'll go too far. And I did say that to him. Look, I can be a prick at times and I'll take a joke too far. You know, and, and therefore I apologised. You know, he wanted to explain his point of view and he did. So we ain't. there's going to be difference of opinion, but I suppose I've got to be more constructive in the way I say it to him. And, I, and that's what we took out of it, basically. But we're good now, so... Good. You know, you no turn more your on me. I came out to look how you were, and Dave Walker said to me, "Fuck off, Sean," and and you said, well, "Most yeah, people fuck off, feel Sean. that way, Sean." You know what I mean? It's just... <laughs> <laughs> I was only trying to help. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but sometimes, yeah, you just got to yeah. let. We will be in adults, yeah, and adults can yeah. have a frank exchange of views, and that's what we were having. 
I didn't feel threatened. And you know, obviously he didn't feel threatened by me, you know, being a foot shorter than him. But um yeah. so I'd never at any point thought other oh, geese is gonna thump me. He had a point he wanted to put across and yeah. you know, he was entitled to do that. So and that's what we've done. Good. So I'm glad you know, we're all friends together. I offered up my apologies. He told me Last night, I don't need to apologise him on the podcast. I said I'd do it again because I told him basically, prove to me I've done the things he said and I'll apologise. But then I went through my Twitter feed and found a couple and I thought, actually, fucking hell, I was wrong. So I offered it up. I'm a, you know, okay. you got to do it publicly. If you publicly have a go at someone and they make them feel that way, it ain't worth just hiding in the corner. You know, you got to do it publicly. So I've put my hands up. I'm wrong. And it's all good now. It's all good. Did during your conversations, did Dave admit we might have more than eight listeners? <laughs> <laughs> Don't fucking start, I'll tell you. I'll <laughs> you. Uh, we're all yeah, friends right. together now. We're all friends together and we like the West Ham Way event. No, uh, that's, you're that's right. the thing. It was a good event. Mark Walls is really a character. Good. Yeah, Mark uh, Walls is a great host. You know, he's a guy. He's not as good as Tony Gow, but he's up there with him. He probably learned it all off of Tony Gow to be there. Yeah, he said, Don't be knobs, don't ask knob questions, didn't he? It was very good. That's that's why they didn't let you ask a question. Yeah, I did ask. I was going to ask one. (laughs) Anyway, let's move on. So I I did make it to the the event, but I made it to the the game. Sounds like you missed the march as well. You overslept and missed the march, mate. Did you go marching, did you? No, we didn't, but oh, apparently well, we 200 used... people did. Well, we did march, didn't we? Yeah, we marched past Nathan's and Doctor oh, Who shop and uh, <laughs> and the Memorial Garden on our way to Upton Park. Did you have pie yeah. and mash? I did. Me and John had a uh, Sam's burger. I think it cost us all of uh, two quid, didn't it? Yeah, so... Cheap shit. Fucking hell, that Chicken. was cheaper than me then. My double pie, double mash, I think was I thought it was gone up. They put their prices up, Nathan's. I think she charged me about six fifty, seven quid. I thought, blimey, it's getting dearer here. <laughs> you know they're delivering to um Stour Place now as well. The space Club. space. Space, yeah. space. They 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 sold twenty um on Saturday and they they uh, they had ten pre orders and they had another ten and they sold them straight away. So that's good. It's a good start. Well, yeah, it's, it's again, a good it's start. Something, if it gets known, people will plan it in, won't they? So, yeah, good. That's that's like that joke, isn't it? Would you call like a, a football chairman uh, at the bottom of the sea? A good start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anyway, George, what 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 happened when we met up with you? What happened for the rest of the day? I, I seem to forget. Why was that? Because he was drunk because he shot his oh. butt too early. I did. And I, we had another point when we got in there and I was I was half cut by the time I got to my seat. Fully, fully cut. Completely. Yeah. Fully cut, yeah. Yeah. I, you were, Sean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I joined you in the ground. Yeah. And uh, I thought we played all right in the first half, to be, to be completely honest. I thought we, we uh, had a few good chances that, if only Alnatovic or Lanzini or even Jao Mario, I thought had a good one. If he, if they'd have finished, 
and what a different day it could have been. Yeah, it was a, it was similar to lots of other times though, wasn't it? Really, we we stood there at half time, didn't we? Sort of said, it's like this is going to end up a draw, or we're going to get we're going to get beat here right at the death, right one nil. We sort of never. I didn't really think that we looked like we were going to score. We, everything was like like Mario when he got his chance. It just he can't, the man can't finish, and everything was going straight to the keeper. It looked like it was going to be one of those days. In what I could that feeling about it. Did you sense? I mean, obviously we had the Bobby Moore uh, tribute with East End and. Uh, I bet you like the 16 flags, Nigel, coming in with their flag bearers, make, made it feel like Arsenal. But did you did you feel an atmosphere in the first half that something was going to happen like it did in the second half? Because I didn't, but then I was full cut. <laughs> uh, I, no, I didn't. I thought and the atmosphere was quite good in a positive way, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that shows how, how things can change so quickly and all we needed is a goal against us and all hell broke loose. Well, mm-hmm. the, the, the hell didn't break loose on the first goal, did it? Really? Yes. Yeah. Did it? Yeah. I thought the second goal really caused it. <laughs> no, I the first you, goal caused uh, a picture of no, Sean Whetstone, who's been doing radio interviews yeah. about yeah. the subject. Yeah. But, yeah, can you remember what happened? Nigel, why, yeah, don't you remind, why don't you remind Sean from your lofty heights how it panned out. Yeah. <laughs> luckily, yeah, luckily sitting up high um, and with laws of gravity, coins travel further. But anyway, <laughs> from our lofty Ooh. position, <laughs> and I want my money back. Um, I'm unemployed now. Uh, every pound counts. Basically, after the first goal, obviously the bloke runs on the pitch, rightly yeah. or wrongly, Mark Noble then assaults the man, rightly or wrongly. For me, wrongly. You know, if you want to see how you deal with a protester, look at Julian Dix in 1992. That's how you do it, uh, Mr. West Ham. And um, people started, strangely enough, people got up. You could see people making their way out. Like the first goal, they were up in arms and everything, and a few people started walking out. And it was only about two or three blokes. They clocked, obviously. They were walking along the back walkway and clocked the bold sitting there. And with the back walkway where it is, you're literally, what, 20 feet away and they're 10 foot above you. That's all it is. You know, you're right in front of them. And they just used the opportunity to tell the, the, the bold what they thought of them. And then people that were sort of walking out see these blokes and thought, oh, we'll have a bit of that. And then the second goal went in and then more stream to go. And as they're leaving, they've clocked these people now pushing past the stewards to give it to the owners. And then the crowd built up. But this is where the stadium works against the board. Hmm. Because you can come from everywhere. So you've got people over in the Bobby Moore stand, people in the East stand. They can see what's going on, so they can run down, run round the concourse, and fans were pouring in, pouring in from like the Bobby Moore end, the walkways there, to run down to join the demo because they could get... So basically, virtually every member of that crowd, if they wanted to, could have joined the demo, where in the old days, 
you you constricted to the yeah. stand you're in. So and it just snowballed, but the complete lack of security and stewarding, which I find laughable realistically, because they signed a deal that gave away all stewarding control. When they moved to that stadium, they signed a deal that gave them no control over the stewarding. And now they sit there and moan about the stewarding. Well, tough luck, that's what I say. You reap what you sow. And I don't throw in coins and that's not right. Because there is innocent people in, in the bald area. Guests and people like Trevor Brooking. So a stray coin could hit them. But I'm all for standing there and telling them what you think of them. Because I said before, marching ain't going to do anything until it happens in the ground. And I'm glad it happened in the ground. They, they, that's what they get. Can I read a statement, George? Feel free. So this is from the guy who came on and tackled uh, Mark Noble. Or, or Mark Noble. He actually made a statement on Twitter today. And he says, I want to write to Twitter to the West Ham fans and fans of my beloved team. It was a moment of stupidness from me, but passion took over and I stepped over the line and went on the field. But I went on there with two things on my head. One, to get a point across that I want the ball out, which was on my poster in my hand, and also to wake up the team. You can clearly see I'm waving my hands at the players to wake them up. And I was even shouting, wake up West Ham. And then got out of nowhere, Mark Noble came at me. One never said anything offensive to Mark Noble. He was clearly pissed off at the situation. For someone I look up to and watch for years, done this, I don't even know what to say. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. But he didn't need to do that. I was going to run straight off again after getting into the central circle. All, we, all I want you lot to know is I didn't say anything offensive to Mark Noble, and I'm sorry. Come on, you irons. No, I see. It's a really tricky one for me because I get the footballer in Mark Noble getting wanting to get on with the game. You know, he is a fan of the club, but yes, he's a footballer as well, and he just gone one nil down. I think if you watch it back, he, I think he's. Mark Noble sort of putting his arms up, shrugging his shoulders, going like, where's the security? What's going on? And then he sort of loses yeah. his head, thinks, right, I'm going to take it into my own hands and tries. To... I think that the, what he's doing to him is trying to grab hold of him and throw him. And that's why he keeps getting on when he's on the floor. He keeps grabbing him, throwing, keeps grabbing him, throwing. But Where I, were I, the stewards? I, Come on, any ground that well, you... Of course. To be... But this is what I mean. It's a shambles and... and that, that, that wouldn't have run. happened elsewhere. Few Stuart, but, a long um, way to run. So, um, I'm going I'm to read out a statement from the second man who's now spoke to the Daily Mail. He's a 61-year-old businessman who, um, who, who nicked the corner flag and tried to plant it in the uh, centre circle. Now, I wrote a story this morning on Clarence and Hugh with help from Nigel because... Um, it was a reenactment and a repeat of the 1992 Bonds scheme when, uh, as Nigel told me, West Ham were 2-0 down against Everton and the bloke, when we went 2-0 down, took the corner flag, planted it in the middle and sat there um, only for another 200 to come on the pitch. And um, um, who, who was it? Mad Dog and um, Dixie who tried to talk 
talk him away well, Dick, to, Dick, to let the game Dick's went on. up to him and uh, took the flag. And then Martin Allen sort of bent down, put his hand on his shoulder to talk to him. And I'm pretty sure I remember reading that Martin was like, look, mate, you know, let us get on with the game. You know, this this is not the time or the place to do it. Um, mm. You know, that's that that incident, I suppose, went down in folklore, uh, in yeah. fans' history, as, um, you know, a spontaneous protest of one man uh, showing his displeasure. Yeah. Now... I actually admired a bloke for doing what he'd done, the flag waver, um, to actually show... Do you know he wasn't arrested? Yeah. No one was arrested on the day. This is what he handed himself into the police today before he spoke to the Daily Mail. And he says, I'm just going to read what he says. He said, I've been going to see West Ham home and away for 49 years and have seen more than 2,000 games. I hadn't planned anything. I just felt I had to do something. You have to stand up for what you believe in. People have died and people have been put against the wall for what they believe in. Um, and uh, what did he say? Uh, I had to do something. I wasn't being violent, but I couldn't take it anymore when Burnley went 2 nil up. I just got out of my seat in the Bobby Moore stand, climbed over the fence, got the flag and walked into the centre circle. There you go. I mean, and now this bloke is going to probably... Um, get banned he's just said he also said james collins came up and said what are you doing i said you've been in for 15 years chinge i love you but but i have been here for 49 years (laughs) he's gonna get a life ban now and he also said he's been been told and he's concerned that west ham are going to take a civil action against him and he could be in for 30 i believe he does say actually it goes on if they do that you tell them, Sean, they better not do stuff like that. And I mean that. Because yeah. they're asking for trouble then. Yeah. Yeah. I, he says, I believe the Met Police will arrest me because when I gave myself into the Hatfield Police Station on Sunday, they said a criminal in- investigation was ongoing. I'm also worried and found it scary when the police said West Ham would bring a civil case against me. If they get fined £30,000, they could come after me and I won't be able to pay. But mine was a symbolic gesture. That was all I was trying to do. I'm a now very worried man. I don't want people to say I'm a mindless thug and the flag was an offensive weapon. That is rubbish. Encroaching on the field of play is a criminal offence, but I'm worried they were going to link all those people who were semi-violent. I want to be dealt with as a separate entity, which is what I believe in. Um, yeah, well, I, I mean, it goes on. You can read the rest yeah, on it. But I agree but, with what Nigel said there because if 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 they start banning, they won't. People they won't. that that, they won't. that were just went up to sing at the the board. You know, the, forget those who the, allegedly threw coins. Let me or whatever. tell you there. Let, let me tell you now. The club will not take civil action against him. They will not do that. Yeah. And they will not be banning people who did not... Right, they will be banning people. Let's just, just get this clear. Anyone who ran on the pitch will get a life ban and maybe a banning order, right? Because that's what happens when you run on the pitch. We all know that. Anyone who threw something, right, that's thrown a missile, we all know... That's Has that been proven? Because all, well, I know, well, I know. all I know is... Yeah, but all I know is is that I... Well, I mean, we, we were there and around there and we saw... I saw the... um 
program came down from above. Program, it's in my video. Yeah, and, I, I, and a scarf. I saw. Thrown. Yeah, I didn't see any coins thrown, and and the no. only, the only story I've heard about that is when Trevor Brookin talked about it on the Trevor BBC Brookin, yesterday. Yeah. But he said he, I didn't see anyone throw a coin, but I've had it confirmed that from David Sullivan that a coin was thrown at him. And now, if that's the only person out there who said there's been a coin thrown at him. I'm unfortunately not going to fucking believe it because the bloke's a liar anyway. So I didn't see it from my own eyes that someone was throwing coins. It's been widely reported as if it's, you know, it's another part of the, but, you know, all of this. All and, and the glasses saved his eyesight, by the way. Don't forget that. Point. Yeah, exactly. Only, only I mean, I didn't see, I didn't see coins going, but, no, you know, if, if we're reliant on just what he's saying to us, I would like a bit more evidence before we start condemning people for that. And, you know, yeah. all of that done, all where everyone's been there, they're singing, they're making their voices heard. What this has achieved is actually, I know it's it's not a great day and it's not a win because it's, it's a culmination of a load of bad things for West Ham fans. But all they've talked about today is about West Ham. And apart from the, the natural overreaction about fans on the pitch and what players are doing, um, fans are doing their this and that. There's actually been some attempt at some point to actually discuss with people and find out why West Ham fans pissed off. So it has achieved something. If, you know, the, yeah, the club, you know, a lot of people are changing today. So, you know, I was going to go on, right? Anyone who did violence, anyone who threw anything, because there were a few violent moments, you know, we that, that one of the... Uh, Pitch Invaders got clumps, and I think most people thought, well done, but that guy's probably going to get a ban as well. Jesus. So anyone who did violence or... The one that looked like Jesus. Push, yeah, pushed some. Yeah, the one who looked like Jesus. Anyone who pushed anyone, anyone who thumped anyone, anyone who threw anything got in the pitch is probably going to get a ban. Anyone who's... Now, the rest of them, people were demonising West Ham fans. I got calls from a mother, <laughs> from a daughter going, are you all right? Are you all right? Now, there's... Let's admit yeah, we it. We're going to admit it on the podcast. We all went up, right? We went up there. Myself, George, and um, John went up to where the um, director's box was. Um, we were not violent. We were not mindless thugs. We we were interested in what's going on. Um, if the club want to ban us, they can ban us. But we were just standing there. You know, we weren't we weren't making signs or anything else. I was particularly filming, but. You know, to call all people, we were demonstrating, or they were, the whole group was demonstrating peacefully by singing chants and songs like, um, where's the money gone? Or we want our West Ham. Lies, lies, lies. Since when is that a criminal offence? And I said, I I talked on the BBC and I said, this is an overreaction. They're demonising West Ham fans. I've seen far worse. Myself and George went to the Chelsea game, which was far worse you know, people are saying, oh, you might have to play three games behind doors. You might be docked 10 points. It's all speculation and sensationalism. And funny enough, everybody condemning it yesterday. And today I, I went on TalkSport today and everyone's going, yeah, I've got a lot of I've got a lot of um, I've got a lot of uh, time for West Ham fans. They've got a point. So from yesterday, demonizing West Ham fans and saying they're minus fucks, commentators and radio presenters are now saying, yeah, West Ham have got the right to to protest, and I think on Sunday Supplement, what's his name? Um, who's the guy who uh, chief Sam. sports writer for the Telegraph? Sam Wallace. Sam Wallace. 
who said they've got a right to protest. I just think it's a storm in a teacup, and I hope the club don't get heavy-handed with the fans and it doesn't get into this political thing of Newham or the LLDC or the London Mayor saying, you must ban every fan involved because then it just becomes stupid and political. Why are you laughing, Nigel? Because you were sitting there doing... Oh, well, you, you said you threw a coin. I hope that's not no, true because that is a light ban. I'm laughing. Can I just... Cause, oh, sorry. As you were talking about, you went on Talk Sport. Uh, someone I know tweeted me about tonight saying, how about they discuss how disgusting it is that Sean Shitstone knows himself out to any media outlet that will listen to his pro ball bollocks. It's, it's all in the timing, chokes, mate. Time, yeah, but hang on a minute. Was was my talk sport? Right? Oh, here we go. Um, I I went on three different radio stations. I went on I went on the BBC on the morning show on on that Sunday. Was awful. That um, was awful. That interview you did on the BBC was awful. Then last night I did Paul Ross on on talk radio, which was about a fifteen minute. He's a West Ham fan, and I did talk sport today. And even by Nigel's admission, oh, my no. um, my I was it was quite critical of the board. You no, said I said for you, yeah. Let's 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 start. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. I said for you, it was quite critical of the board. But let's look at a standing, you know. If that was me giving that, people would have thought I'd gone bonkers and gone over to the dark side. So let's get it right. For you, yeah, I'll give you. You, you know, you, you you was a bit critical. Well, what's the name? Again, this morning on Talk Sport, at Jim White again. Oh, yeah, he he done about forty five minutes about it. I didn't catch it all. I was in and out, but he started. You know, forty five minutes later when they were still going on about it. But none, they were all so ill informed about it all. And all he kept repeating was stuff that he'd been told yeah. by his close source about the finances at West Ham. They want to know where the money's gone. Their money is gone. They, they, the board have given their heart and soul for this club. No, the board have ripped the heart and soul out of the club. They they just kept spouting the same stuff. And it could, that's where you need to get it, Sean. Even, even if you were even there with your pro board, but just telling the actual figures, actually telling them the figures, yeah. they haven't got a clue. And they just kept saying that they, yeah, and they finished with the old mantra of, "Well, they did save the club." It's like, "Oh, please do one, will you?" I, well, I can't listen to any of it. It just winds me up. I just don't listen to any of the coverage or the reaction. I've had people text me, friends saying what disgrace it all was, and oh, people at work today going, "Oh, wrong." And I'm just like, oh, just you don't know. Just shut up and move I, on. I yeah, know it's wrong. When I came I, in, this I know morning. it's wrong. I see a <laughs> mate outside who was who I was in who's view with, uh, and you know we looked at each other. We sort of grinned and said, "Probably one of the happiest three nil defeats we've had." <laughs> you know, because <laughs> this is what I've been waiting for. You know, I text a friend that weren't at I the know, game. This is your time. And said, mate, be be happy. The end game is in progress. The difference is how long the end game lasts is how much of a fight they want to put up. Because this is going to go a long way. They want to call a truce. Oh, they want to call a truce. Mate. They've been. You've you've seen it's been hilarious. And I was talking to yeah. Nigel earlier. They've been feeding the media yeah. through Darren Lewis, right, and then through Jason Burt. Then through Ken Dyer, it, it follows a pattern. Then through Sky, that Cap is it Kavner or what? Yeah, Carver, yeah. isn't it? Cover, 
Cave. Yeah, Cave. Uh, it's all the same people that a certain person feeds information and there's a theme, you know, oh, we're having a truce. Then it was, you know, we want to take over the London Stadium stewarding. Then it was, it's the fault of um, the London Stadium, the mayor. Then it was, you know, you can't blame us. And, and, and it follows a pattern. But, it's not us, Gov. You know, how do you put the club there and sign the how do you pull it's not us, Gov. We didn't do it. But I just signed the, the paperwork. I've just got a million yeah. pound bonus. <laughs> don't blame me. It's nothing to do with me. I negotiated the deal that I signed. The deal with a century. Yeah, no, I, she negotiated that deal that says we can't do anything about the stewarding, that says we can't do anything about the seating. She signed that deal that she bloody negotiated. So anyone who believes anything, these things can be changed. They're living in another land. And for we've been going on about the stewarding in our area since we moved there, how bad it is. Yeah. And about fans getting pulled out of there for stupid things. People getting intimidated and picked on and as if they're going to get beaten up by these. They used to, one day they had like a load of blooming big heavies in there. And we've been going on about the stewarding and they've been saying, yeah, we can't do, we'll look at it, we can't do anything. But now it's no good for them. It's the biggest thing on the agenda, isn't it? The stewarding. Now it's failed them. Let me, let me give you a fact, John. 1,000 stewards every single game. There were 300 and 30 stewards at the bowling ground registered. Only 138 of them registered to come to the London Stadium in August 2016. There are less than 70 registered left, only 70 people. And most of those 70 are actually in supervisory positions. They're not actually at the front line. So that tells you, you know, they talk about bowling stewards, but there's less than 70 left, which means over 900 of them. Well, because... Most of them are, um, don't want to come there. They don't enjoy it anymore. They said they no, used to enjoy right. it. They were fans. No, they don't have do a fan kind experience. No, I'm sure there's other reasons. And the fact is that they were given demeaning jobs well, they are being, and, and everything else when they went over there. Hang on. They're being paid more. The London living wage. You know, when they're at the bowling, they only used to get like six A lot of them only got minimum wage, but they didn't do it for for the money. They did it because they wanted to do it and they were proud to do it. They were proud to be a bowling steward. This is just a job. It's the same people who – there's four different companies. As you know, OCS got ripped away from their contract in February. They were the people who got the original one, Office Cleaning Supplies, I think it originally stood for. Now you've got G4S. You've got Wise Security Services. I'm trying to remember the other two. One's called like Expedia or something. The other one's not a clue incorporated. <laughs> yeah, and, and the other one. So each stand. Well, I got, really just don't care. It's John. got them. Well, you know, I mean, it's just. But but you do all right. But but you've got to say, um, why not? You know, if if it's costing you all the money, why not let West Ham take over the stream? What what have the London Legacy? corporation got to lose by going okay you take over the stewarding apart from a bit of pride because they're in legal dispute yeah but the, but the reason they're in legal dispute is because they're they all just can't agree on anything they can't agree on no color of the turf around the pitch they can't agree on it's just ridiculous and they can't complain the board can't complain because they negotiated the deal and they signed the deal you should celebrate yourself every day But some days you should celebrate with jewellery. 
Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, I mean, yeah, and I'm not sure, and I said this on radio earlier, I'm not sure they can actually deliver anything in the match day experience that needs to be you know, of anything substance. Yeah, they got the shelves up and they spent 40 grand on the shelves. But I'm not sure they can... Um, and they put some Bobby Moore posters up, but I'm not sure they can do anything substantial. Big, big flags, big flags. Don't forget big flags. Well, you didn't need any planning permission for those. You know, oh, we'll yeah. see if the... But weren't they great? They were. I quite liked them, actually. George, let me ask you a question. So we haven't heard from you. You said something to me. Let's see if you remember what you said. Uh, what did you think of the protest, and what did you actually say to me afterwards? I don't. I, I don't remember. I probably said you a lot. Of that's things. the best part of the day. You said that. That was. Well, it was for sure. Far, yeah, it's far did. better than the football. Obviously, yeah. other than the, the the violence, you know, no one likes that. But um, no, uh, yeah, I, I I thought it's like um john said earlier it's it's done what it was intended to do it's got people talking about it people asking questions why are we all so unhappy you know i'm these these friends that have been messaging me saying we're a disgrace i've explained it all to them and mm. and they're they're yeah. more understanding now so it's it's working people are talking about it and and the yeah. the secrets people out people realizing that it weren't about the 3-0 defeat it weren't about going 1-0 down weren't about going to Neil Dan. It was all the shit that had gone on in the past two weeks, all the shit that had gone in the past two years, and all the shit that had gone on in the past five years manifested itself in that. And they were so dumb to see it. Yeah, Mark Noble said yeah. that. Mark Noble said it's been two years yeah. coming. Did you read that? Well, he obviously but, didn't did see that- it coming, though, did he? The way he went after that geezer. <laughs> well, he took him out quick enough. The, the, uh, that's the same Mark Noble who two years ago said that this club's not run like a circus anymore. Yeah, well, there you go. That's, yeah. they, that, them boys I'll tell you what, a circus looks efficient compared to us at the moment. Yeah, it does. Much rather go to circus yeah. every week. But I, the, 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 real, the realistic thing is, what is the end game? Where, where does it end? And, you know, are we... 
you know, people are saying that it would cost us the three points. Well, we were two 0 down when I thought, well, I'm the only one left today. I'm going to have a wander up there. So we were, two, you know, we were two 0 yeah. down at that point. Game was lost. We'd we'd huffed and puffed in the first half. And you you did say to me, I will say by the way, if I ever do get a ban, it's your fault because you went, Sean, quick, get up there. You're missing out. <laughs> oh, yeah, but you were missing out. Was you, it? You? I said, you were looking down there and all going, I said, hey, you don't want to be there. You want to be up there. That's where it's all at. See, that's how drunk he was. He forgot he was the club stooge yeah. and just joined the yeah. demo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was all over his stomach. You know, Cameron, why are you sitting there going, what's Sean doing down there? Fucking words. Where's my emails? He was walking around with his mobile going, journalist. And I want to ask Nigel about David Gold, the truth. Yeah, what about it? So, did we all listen to the David Gold interview, George? Our one? No, the David Gold interview from uh, Phoenix FM. It's about an hour and a half long. I I, I didn't listen to it because I couldn't stand it. We've got time for that. I just just know what he was going to say. It was going to be the same old... I'm 82-year-old pensioner. I'll put all my pension in this. I don't take any money out of it. I'm hurting as much as you are. I love this club. I was born down the Green Street, don't you know? Was that it? Fucking hell, John. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> yeah, that was You the forgot one. the word poverty because <laughs> he did get it in straight away. That's, uh... <laughs> he, did, he actually did. I didn't listen I mean, to it. If we were doing the poverty uh, sweepstakes... Did, did he mention he caught his... Um... <laughs> did he... Did he mention he, his um, dad nicked his shares and no, he, his best he, friend had he, sex he with did his say, wife? Don't tell Karen, but I used to bank him for nothing. He did say... How many times have we seen you know, that? You know, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like a comedy gold routine. You know, this, this one joke comedian that spent his last 30 years telling the same joke to do two different football clubs. Mm. I was bald in abject poverty, you know. Fuck off, prick. You sound like Canning. <laughs> <laughs> do you do the gold? <laughs> <No. Or David laughs> <laughs> you do the gold, David Gold voice for Canning no. House. Come on, be, no. be um, you. The, um... <laughs> Go on, do that again. Do that. <laughs> I'll tell you what abject poverty is, David <laughs> Gold. Listen to this. Not having a Kazi inside your ass till you was aged yeah. eight, mate. Fucking hell, I'll tell you. That was cold in the winter, sitting down there in the garden. Right. So you've done a YouTube video. How many oh, views has mate. it got? And and what are the Do main know, points? I've never done a vlog. I'm not... A, I, but the only reason I, I made the video is because I needed to use... Is it because you found a new word? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell, I'll you... <laughs> I'll tell you it's what, disingenuous. A someone shared it on Facebook today, and this bloke went in and said disingenuous so many times. Only fit cunts say that word. <laughs> they don't know what to say. And I, I replied to the geese. I just I said, actually, I think I lost count after nine, mate. <laughs> yes, I, I, I did learn a new word, disingenuous, because I didn't want to call him a liar. But then I think I did halfway through anyway. So. I thought disingenuous. I, I knew that word meant liar, but not liar. Um, Do you know what? I've just looked at it. It was only released three days ago. 8,806 people have viewed it already. Yeah, I mean, people... In your shed. It. Yeah, in my shed. Yeah, I just... You're famous, guys, was, at last. It, I just needed to do that for the imagery because I had all the pictures to bury the man. 
So if we'd have done it as a podcast, I can't say to people on, like sitting here, oh, have a look at this picture. So I had to sit there. Now. And I mean, it is funny because I can look back now and I downloaded a recording thing onto me onto me laptop, not realising I had one built into it already. Um, so I paid three quid for nothing. And then I didn't notice <laughs> it gave you a five-second countdown. So I hit the start button, start talking, and then every all my clips were like, why is it off the beginning? <laughs> and then three quarters of the way through, I realised that oh, it gives a fucking five-second countdown. <laughs> so like, I was like, real amateur hour, you know? But it... And, it's it's and by the way, you get more than Razzle Dazzle. Yeah, I know. Razzle Dazzle, I'm just looking. Razzle Dazzle's only got 8.2 thousand uh, views and you've got 8.8. So you've got I, one over I'm not going to say anything to Gonzo, but I did notice that he only had 1.9 thousand subscribers to that channel and he's up to 2.1 thousand. So, um, you know... It's, so give us a summary. Go on, give us a summary of what you pulled him out. I called him out on... The you know the he said it's not it wasn't feasible to do the e stand. We were in the SAB, Sean. I remember saying about what feasibility studies have been done. They never come up with any feasibility studies. They've used that line so many no. times. Where is the evidence to show they ever looked at it? So I produced evidence that discredited that to show that from day one. Everybody knows from day one they were talking about the Olympic Stadium move. So to walk into that press conference and do that, therefore they must have had the discussion before that, before they bought the club, they've had the discussion to move it. Years later, I discovered that they'd done to try to do the same thing twice at Birmingham. I put that imagery in. Then we can go to the, the famous clip of Gold standing there giving his speech about the seats and Chris Legg saying 20 yards. The facts are actually... The gap between the bowling, the, the front row of the bowling and the pitch was 16 feet, not 20 yards. 20 yards is the actual gap between the front of the OS on the halfway line. So that's 20 yards, 60-odd feet, I think. He did that in January 2017, uh, January 2012. He did that interview when we was in the championship. But the first bid had collapsed at the end of 2011. The next bid didn't go in until March 2012. They said that they were going to not move it. The, the original bid had no retractable seating. So in his interview with the West Ham Way, he said he was generalising. And But I pointed out is when you say we won't go unless the seats are, that's not generalising, that's a statement of fact. We won't go is a statement of fact, not generalising. So therefore, yeah, you know, disingenuous, as I said, you know, <laughs> on, on more than nine occasions, you know. Well, I've put it on the sure Facebook seen, group. Put so it up, we, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we can get another, you'll get another eight well, viewers now. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, because I did point Talking. out today, Walker, I know we don't listen to our show, so we're all right. <laughs> yeah. Talking of Facebook, you might listen this week. Facebook Twitter question time. Go on. Yeah. Here it's time for this. It's Facebook Twitter question time. (laughs) (laughs) It's where we ask you, the listener, to get in touch with us. And I'm trying to find. Oh, I love this bit. Um, I can't find the post. You got it in front of you, Sean? Yeah, I have. Do you yeah. want to start? Must I find it? Yeah, I will start. 
um, uh, Nick Harvey says, we're certainly at a crossroad. One direction we're heading in the championship doesn't look great. And secondly, it does look at long last as if we might be at the end of the road for the current owners. It's difficult to see how they can regain the trust of a large proportion of the fans. I don't think you're right, Nick, there. The events on Saturday were sadly predictable given the decision to call off the march. Simply too much pent-up frustration and anger, which was always going to come to the force when we went behind. Interesting to see that the media finally grasped the real story and the, the club are no longer in control of the narrative. This is key, and somehow... We have to maintain the pressure on Sullivan, Brady and Gold and get behind the team the remaining matches. That's going to be a lot harder than it sounds. And finally, and thanks to Nigel for his review of the Gold interview and oh, pointing out seamless. All not what it seems with many of Gold's answers. That's Nick Harvey. That's a thanks, good point. Nick. Do we think that if the march was to go ahead as planned, that what happened in there yes, on Saturday would have happened? I don't, I, I'm not sure it was connected. I yeah, it was, it was spon- I keep on saying to people, it was spontaneous. Other people who weren't there say it was organised and orchestrated. The only thing is, they those use, posters those were printed to go on the march. So the bloke yeah. that ran on the pitch had that poster, and that was printed to go on the march. Yeah. So he obviously wanted to go on the march. So actually, I, I think it possibly 50-50. Marv, the thing about where the club backfired massively is by getting the march stopped or, or or doing what they did to make sure the march never went ahead they've totally misjudged the situation if they'd allowed the march to go ahead say 10,000 had turned up they still could have claimed we've got 52,000 season ticket holders we'll lose your 10% off that's 42,000 fans haven't marched actually we're still doing all right that's what they, you know, if 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 I was there, they would have thinking, spun it. That's how I would have spiked it. But no, they're so dim. These top business people are so dim. They did everything they could, but that's their mo, isn't it? They always do that. They did that with me when I protested all them years ago. Get me in, spin me a load of bullshit, and think we'll stop. They did it with whose view? We got to meet Karen Brady. That that's that's the mo. They do everything they can to try and bury it and bury it and bury it. And it's seven eight years later, it's too late now. They've been found out. No, you're not bitter. <laughs> no, I'm happy. You know, this is what I've been waiting for. I've got I've got the post now, Sean. I'll take <laughs> we over. Know. Joseph Barr says, yeah. "Jesus, where do you start?" Tim Sharman says. Do you think Jesus. the Miami trip should proceed? I think this is sending out the wrong message and should be cancelled. Well, it's already going Yeah, ahead. it's too late. They flew out yesterday. Yeah, they, <laughs> they landed yesterday. By the way, and I did write it today, it is forecast for torrential rain and a thunderstorm oh, today, though. No. That's cheered us up. <laughs> but it is 83 oh. degrees. Gary, uh, uh, Gary, it's not a weather podcast, Sean. Gary Prince, <laughs> Gary Prince says, we need three wins from our last eight matches. Where will these come from? They won't. They won't. Palumi Ogunlana says, time to start parking the bus and hope for eight straight draws. <laughs> yeah, that's one way. Ed Hawthorne, that's, that's more like it. it. That's more likely. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Ed Hawthorne says, was the board selling off players in January and buying a championship striker their way of beginning to prepare us to go down? Or conspiracy? I don't know. But it was. Mm. I think it was kind of the final now that brought all this 
to the fore. Well, yeah, it was the signing of Hugill, the letting go of AU oh, to yeah. Swansea, yeah. and the recent font leaving when we've got no defence. And the bringing in the favour. Mismanagement. And the bringing in the favour, yeah. wasn't it? And that was it, yeah. Mark Bright says, do you think the board will stay away from the stadium for the remainder of the season? If they are there for the Southampton game and we go 1-0 down, it would be just as bad, if not worse. They'd be wise too, but I can't see them doing it. Also, will the Snatch Squad make a comeback? Dad, you were talking about them earlier, weren't you? Yeah. I have heard that they've offered to pay for extra security and extra police um, at remaining games. But also, talking about the board... You know, they, they're talking about, I know Trevor Brookings said, look, if you if people are unhappy, they should walk out rather than protest or not come at all for the remaining games for us to survive relegation. If we're all in it together, here's my challenge to the board. Eat a bit of humble pie, forget your ego, and for the good of the club, don't come to the remaining games at the London Stadium. You might think that that's wrong. You might think that's a surrender. But if you love this club as much as you do, don't come to the games. Lead by example for not causing any problems. And that, that's that's my challenge to them. Uh, Lewis Trout says, West Ham will punish the fans who entered the pitch today by renewing their season tickets for next season. <laughs> that's <laughs> us down, as I said last week. Now is the time to start planning on getting us out of such a hard league of the championship. Hick Chidurchi says, have the media focus on protest meant that Moyes, to some extent, has got away with it? Antonio out of position at left wing back, one up front in a Mossman game, Joe Hart in goal, substitutions too late, third consecutive defeat by three goals. I think it has. I think he's massively. Yeah, yeah I think no, he's a good point. Now. Again, it's shocking, but. Yeah, I mean, we didn't discuss the game at all. So, yeah, you're right. David Moyes missed any criticism. I mean, if I was whatsoever. David Moyes, I'd keep the rolled up, balled out poster in my back pocket the next time we go 2-0 down and wave it, wave it. look lads look fold it. go on fold out uh, John Newman says your views on whether you think it's acceptable that according to DG roughly 20% of the £100 million debt has been cleared over their tenure at the club keeping in mind they purchased the club in May 2010 and you think it is or isn't acceptable Sean is it true And well that's not quite true it's not true, but I'm not going to spoil it because um, I believe that Mr. Nigel Khan is doing another video called David Gold Finances the Truth. Is that not David correct? Gold. I don't know about the truth um, because this video is going to be more. Yeah, You're it's going to be more about what he said in the video and then putting a different spin on it to the way he spun it. All right. Let me, let me make it really clear for debt, right? The only debt remaining is £45 million of debt owed to the um, uh, owners, right? There's a new debt of £9.5 million owed to Tripsmith, interest-free, okay? Most of the interest has been paid down now to the owners because they took £10 million out last year on top of the £2.2 million they took out the year before, plus £4.2 million of the loan payback. And then the only other money we owe is really two things. One to other clubs, we owe about 45 million, but we probably are owed about 30 million. So they sort of balance each other out. And we borrowed 25 million short term from this this company in Ireland called Media Rights and Funding, which we always borrow and we always pay back in the same year. So there is really no long-term debt beyond what we owe to clubs 
the short-term loan we have and the money owned to the things. I don't know where this 80 million come. We've cleared our external debt. The rest of the debt is not really debt you need to worry about it's, because it's just normal yeah, transactions. Every football club in carries company. debt. There's always been debt at West Ham, even years ago, because of the way football clubs run. So there has always been operational debt, which is transfer, the key is, like, transfer money owed, which they then write off against transfer money they've yeah. got to pay out. The, the key is, though, one last thing mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, and it'll be, make it really, really, is they have not put any of their own money in since 2014. So for four years, the club has run on its own without any cash injection. However, in that last four years, they've taken 16.4 million out of the club, over 12.2 of it in interest payments, and as I say, the other four, uh, 4.2 in, in things. So it's only going one way. And if we want to reach the next level, maybe they should be putting more cash into the club and I'll leave Chris it Chris Hooper Thanks, says, George. tell me what Mario has done since he has been at the club that any midfielder, Cullen, etc. couldn't do. He's missed quite a few opportunities. Yeah, he's been disappointing, I think. He was working hard at the beginning and, he, you know, you give him time, but he's had he a few... finish. Like you said, no, he's... Like the one, that one on, um, on Saturday, he should have buried that. Was that was quite funny, that, because when we signed him, I actually put a video up of him playing for Inter Milan and he had a great touch of the ball, and he was six yards out and banged it over the bar. <laughs> and I sat there laughing because he was just like that video of him at Inter Milan, and he had this look on his face thinking, how did I miss that? Yeah, but he's had a couple of one-to-ones as well, hasn't he? Yeah. He's missed. yeah. Well, actually, though, does that not bail out the buy before you try? Because actually you think, well, we ain't giving you 40 yeah. fucking million pounds. You can uh, uh, but, do, but does it, or does it mean you need to scout longer and better and... Oh, pay, pay money. Money, isn't it? You know, why Why is a team like Burnley that have hardly got any any internationals sitting as high as they are? Because yeah. they feel a team, not a squad. Yeah. Uh, Toby Bean says, do you think David Moyes will get joining us and maybe get the feeling he has pulled another Sunderland? Yeah, he probably does now. Yeah. I'm sure he did on Saturday. Matthew Kemp says, I totally understand the fans' reaction to the guys that invaded the pitch and then jumped back into the in- into the East Stand. Yet why then did West Ham fans start fighting each other for no apparent reason? Uh, well, I, I doubt... I mean, I saw a couple of fights and they were all started from disagreements over who was to blame in terms of was it the players or was it the board? Yeah. I, I think the board has still got... I think the board has still got quite a lot of support that's not vocal. I still reckon it's 50-50. Yeah, you think that's, 50-50. Well, it's certainly... Think, which I is good to... because it used to be more, you know, it used to be 60-40, 70-30. So, like, we're, we're getting now. <laughs> it's not long now. It's a couple more pushes and I think we'll have them, the bastards. When I when I see some of the grief um, Sean's block were getting, I, I had a look on his site for the first time in about a year and I read an open letter from someone on there and it was oh. it, it was uh, yeah who is by the way a listener a regular listener yeah I've never seen anything like it and and there were yeah. people giving him it and there were people agreeing with him so like you say so there is yeah, there are people yeah. that still believe they saved us believe they're doing a good job and they believe that, you know, maybe David Sullivan using it like FIFA or football manager, he can produce a good team. Who knows? 
I don't. I think it needs to be run professionally and competently. We've got loads of these to get through. Ed Hughes says, Kiate, how is he still getting picked? I agree. He's been pretty awful, hasn't he? We're yes. running out of players, to be fair, aren't we? That's why. Well, he says, Rice, Cullen, or a cardboard cut out of Obiang. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Rogers says, he read on another site that plotting the corner flag on the centre spot was a was a reprise of the start of the protest against the bond scheme of the 90s. Yeah, we covered that earlier. Surprised, saddened but not surprised that all this has happened mm. after the march was cancelled, leaving many with unexpressed anger. Uh, Luke Ed says, media reports today today suggest West Ham wants to run LS stewardship and security for their matches. They can't do any worse than the stewards did on Saturday. Thoughts on this approach? Well, we kind of touched on that earlier, didn't we? And we said, yeah. John, you said you said we've been flagging that since we moved in there, but as soon as it does badly for them, then yeah, they do want to. They want to get yeah, but can I just say that they're so good at running the club. Do we really trust them to run stewards as well? <laughs> oh, uh, Scott Beek says massive fan of the podcast. I only discovered you guys a couple of weeks ago. Feel like I'm still in touch with my club despite moving abroad and struggling to get to many matches. Thanks, Scott. My question is, from the owner's perspective, how do they solve this? They are not planning on selling, so what are they thinking? Investing heavily in the summer? In any case, it's important we get behind the players at least for the remaining few games to stay up and sort this mess out in the summer. As I said earlier, they want a truce. How that actually works, I have no idea. Richard Dodd says, I would like a debate on whether you feel the football players deserve warm weather training in Miami and obviously what your views on what the board and the fans should do now. Uh, I don't think they deserve warm weather training. They should have to train in uh, at Rush Green. Do you know what? I reckon they should all go Disneyland and have their photo done with Mickey Mouse just so we can take the fucking piss out of them when they come back and we've got something to laugh at. They should have to train in Rush Green in their pants like they've forgotten their PE kits. I think that's a bit disingenuous, Nigel. That's... Uh... <laughs> George, George, don't, because that gives me nightmares for when I was a school kid. So that's poor kids. It did, uh, everyone it did. That was that school uniform. Don't fucking laugh, I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> poverty I was brought up in, I'll tell you. Do you think everybody knows how global the West Ham situation is? It's gone, ma- it's gone main news over here in New Zealand. Well, right. good our brand's going global then, isn't it? But it's yeah. only that. Oh, shit. Well, it's working for him. I mean, fucking hell, what else goes on in New Zealand? It's a good job we got London on the badge. Yeah, yeah. but at least they know it's in London, won't they? <laughs> oh, where, where did that riot happen? Oh, it was in London. West Ham, London. <laughs> but, yeah. Sean, I, I, like, I know we tra- we're probably not going to do an hour because it's nearly there. But I ask, I'm going to ask you, Sean, do they understand now or do they still not quite understand what's going on? Um, Yeah, they understand all right. I'm not sure they see the solution. Their view is they can't really do anything about it at the moment. They're saying we can't change the team. We can't change the manager. We can't change the stadium. So we just need to have a truce until the summer and see what we can do in the summer. That's their view. They know people are unhappy. Are they about to ban hundreds of people? No. Are they about to have a civil action against this this 61-year-old guy? No. They know they've got that the, the, these that the supporters are their lifeblood, right? And they need to not go to civil war with them. All right. That's all I'll say. I've got, I've got this then, because I know we're going over now, but let's just rock on with it. They want a truce, yeah? Who are they going to talk yeah. to? What fans group? 
they won't deal with Wissa. They, they, no, they won't deal with the real fans. Yeah, they, they don't want to do. All they're saying is, well, we'll only deal with the SAB. The SAB are a bunch of mugs. Yeah, yeah. And sat on it for five years, and you're still on it. I think I can speak yeah. from experience. Yeah, and yeah. knowing you, they're all a bunch <laughs> yeah. of mugs. Yeah, <laughs> and so what? So what's the truce? I think there's not going to be talking to any groups anymore. I think they've done with talking. They've probably spent too much time talking to fan groups. So how and do now they, they negotiate need to get the truce? Well, they they get on by social by media and not and the vi- column in the yeah, they're not vi- oh. not victimising uh, the fans, saying you know that you know maybe it costs us the game or or victimising people who protest. I think they just I, I don't know the answer if I'm honest with you. I don't think the answer is to sit down with more fan groups, if I'm honest no, with you. No, but they're the Nigel. ones saying... I think they've, they've talked... I'm not saying yeah. they should, but they're saying, we want a truce, we want to sort this out. But they've come out, and before they've said they want a truce, before Saturday, they don't want to deal with fans anymore. They're going to look inwards. Only and then all the shitstorm happens. Yeah, only deal with a sab, the biggest bunch of stooges in the world. And, yeah. and all, for all of the talking, for all of the groups, for everything that they've done, which they have, we all know they've spoken to the bloggers, the whatever, whatever. What have they achieved? Some shelves and some flags. You know, really is. Those shelves cost £40,000, though. Yeah, well, what's that? <laughs> oh, really? uh, and then we got one more from Douglas Woodhurst. He said he's totally lost for words on Saturday. On the pitch, we didn't set up right and paid the price. No subs, it was too late. How can so many get on the pitch? Yeah. Stuart in. Good job we're not lost for words, otherwise we wouldn't be able to do a podcast. Uh, there's no game to predict, really, is there? We've got a few weeks off now, luckily. Thank God. <laughs> I've, got, I've got some tweets here, if you want to let go me. On, yeah, go on. So I did tweet out, all comments welcome as our new listeners, and then put up the podcast. So hopefully we might get new listeners. Dan Cooper. How about the price of pies in the championship might come in handy? I don't think they're much cheaper, to be honest. Pete Ellis, my mate, Cunning Town Boy. The political climate in Crimea, perhaps we could discuss. Um, well, that's bit, quite bit a difficult brain, one. Pete. Given, come yeah, on, yeah. Come on Pete, you and Cumberland, mate. You don't even know where Crimea is. You thought yeah. that was someone breaking into a shop. Um, Called Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis, oh, Lewis... Lewis Errantrat, I think, back again, says, I've listened on day one. There were more than eight listeners, honest. Don't go there, oh. please. <laughs> uh, Chalks, oh, we've done that. Sean Shitstone. I did reply to him. I just put <laughs> that to him. <laughs> Chalks come back, said, Blithering idiot. Well, no doubt claim is impartial. He's clearly closely related to Chemical Alley. I do love you, Chalks. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Chalks from uh, KUMB? Uh, yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. Did we not meet him once in the Black Lion? We might have done. Yeah. Did he drink? Oh, the Black Lion. Oh, 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 oh yeah. So we'll all start crying. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's it for Modest Podcast. Podcast. Uh, anyone got anything else they want to say I, before we go, Sean? Beware Sean. of him. Oh, what I'm going to say is beware of imposters. Passing themselves off as more than just a podcast. Oh, yeah, good point. Where were 16 year old kids that are still at school? The one, the only, and the original Monster Podcast. Oh, Nigel, don't start. No, I've just just said something and I'm thinking that's just totally thrown everything I said where I'm going to be nice. Yeah. 
So I didn't mean that well, um, little 16-year-old kid with your podcast <laughs> called More Than Just a Podcast. I'm really nice. What do we all think about the possibility of relegation? Are we? Do we feel we're to blame the fans? Or are we really concerned about it? Or what, what do we think? Bring it on. <laughs> yeah, bring it on. Uh, it's an occupational hazard supporting West Ham. History does denote that we only get relegated once a decade and we've had our relegation this decade. I think we'll stay up, but it'll be by the fact that there's three shit clubs worse than us. So we'll probably be the fourth shittiest team. West Brom, Stoke and Palace. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, though. If we do go, Dan, and it, and it turns out that we get fuck all from the next lot of games, perhaps we do need to look at ourselves. But it won't bother me. I'll just shrug my well, Are we coming back? Are we not going to record again, or are we coming back to do a um, a special in between, George? Uh, we'll do. One otherwise, we've got two predictions we? for Southampton. Three weeks yeah. of our one. So. Well, we probably need to do maybe when he's done his finance piece, we can talk about finances. You can duck that one out if you want. It could just be me and Nigel, but we could talk about once he's done his finance video, we can talk properly about the finances. Yeah, How's I, that I, for an exciting probably... podcast? I'll probably send that to uh, Chris Thursday and then he'll put it up. Yeah, I mean, I'm, sure, I'm sure, look, let's face it, something's going to happen between now and whatever in three weeks, so I'm sure there'll be something to talk That's about. That's it from just Podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. Podcast. Come on, you podcast. Beware of imposters. Come on, you iron. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.